Welcome to Dose of Support. We are an interdisciplinary show that highlights healthcare workers. We share stories and self-care in healthcare every week. I'm your host, Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner and a healthcare worker just like you. Remember, I'm not your healthcare provider. Our guests are not your healthcare provider, and we're not giving healthcare advice here. Seek out care from your own healthcare provider. This podcast, host, guests, and associated social media platforms are not representing an employer or organization. It's hard out there, so let's find some self-care in healthcare. Stay tuned. Dante Wright, Marvin Scott, Patrick Warren, Vincent Belmont, so many others. Black Lives Matter. Shortly before this episode airs, here in Minnesota, there will be a verdict on the Derek Chauvin trial, and we must remember that it isn't just about what happened to George Floyd. It's about keeping us all safe. Police brutality White supremacy, racism hurts everyone. It hurts everyone. It just hurts black people more. So it it is everyone's problem. And I think sometimes we feel powerless. Like, what can I do? What can I do? Like, I am one person, right? I think sometimes we feel that way. And I think that until you realize your own power, your own influence, and and figure out how to harness that. I think you are going to be stuck in that stagnant place, but I want you to know that you are powerful. You do have a voice and that what you say, what you do for folks, that matters. I think that this episode is really um, a testament to that. So I want to give you just a trigger warning, nothing bad, okay? We talk a lot about pregnancy in this episode and there is mention of termination of pregnancy, but not in, like it's not in the actual story or anything like that. It's just mentioned passively, but through her work, Danielle is truly making a difference for women who are often marginalized. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Dr. Danielle Plummer. Welcome back to Dose of Support. Today we have Dr. Danielle Plummer. She's a three-time survivor of hyperemesis gravidarum, and she used her experience with this condition to fuel her work as a pharmacist in the hospital setting. She is a board member for the HER organization and operates a consulting business called HG Pharmacist, specifically to help women suffering with HG. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me on today. And for promoting disciplinary, interdisciplinary teamwork among medical practitioners, because I just feel that's so vital for the advancement of this topic that we're discussing today. Yes. And uh, do, do you have notes, Danielle? Did you make notes for tonight? <laughs> just a few. <laughs> Girl, throw those out because this is just going to be a fun discussion. So <laughs> the listeners know that normally we start with talking about your role, but Danielle has a story that we really have to talk about first. So let's get to know Danielle through her story. Go ahead. Let's start. Okay. So when I was young and in love and wanted to start my family, I found out I was pregnant the day I missed my period. I just got nauseous right away. All I knew about pregnancy was really from movies or from the What to Expecting book. And back then, 
they didn't talk about hyperemesis gravidarum. So I thought I'd throw up once or twice and then have this glowing pregnancy. What I actually experienced was the complete opposite. And nobody knew what was happening to me and pretty much chalked it up just to normal pregnancy sickness, which is definitely not the case. I got sicker and sicker and sicker. And I remember I didn't have an actual OB clinic because it was my first pregnancy. So I did the positive pregnancy test. And then they said, oh, sure, we'll see you however many weeks later, eight, 10, 12 weeks later, which is normal. That is such a hard wait. Like I've been there and it's such a hard wait for a normal situation. Yes. It's it's, like we're missing this time that we really need optimal nutrition. And you're just hoping these pregnant women know how to take care of themselves in the beginning. So I called my doctor's office one time and said, I'm so sick. What can I do? And the, the doctor I spoke to literally said to me, you don't sound sick. And I was on my bed dying, like dying. You're, I, I hadn't kept food or water down in days. And it was actually my coworkers. Luckily, I had an office job. I could go throw up, come back to my office. And they said, this is not normal. You have to go get help. At one point, I went to the ER and got lots of bags of fluids. They said, you have ketones in your urine and then mm, sent me okay. home. Wow. Wow. And that, that's it. That was the bulk of my nine months. I was Can I ask, like, how yeah. old were you at this point? I'm thinking 24. A lot of, a lot of pregnant people are young, healthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't expect to, like, need to go to the ER for IV fluids or to feel so sick that you're dying. And I feel like the younger you are, the less coping skills you have when... <laughs> When you're faced with extra challenges like that. So what happened next? So actually, my my husband at the time was in the U.S. Marine Corps and was deployed off to cold weather training in Norway. So he was completely unreachable. And that was at the time. Yes, I was at the time I went to the ER and we had friends of ours took care of me for the couple months till he came back. And I owe them everything for helping me through that pregnancy. And most of those nine months is just a big blur. I remember trying to eat things and just throwing it back up. And then as soon as my baby was born, it all went away. Like somebody flipped a light switch and I felt like myself again. Wow. And you didn't know what it was at that time, right? Absolutely did not. And I got all the typical advice that is a completely failure. And at the time, I didn't know anybody else who had been that sick. Even my own mom said, why are you so sick? You should have been over it by now. You know, through the first trimester, they go, oh, give it 12 weeks. By 12 weeks, you'll be fine. You know, then 12 weeks comes and goes. And you go, okay, 15 weeks. Okay, 18 weeks. And then I had a little reprieve where I I was still throwing up, but I felt a little bit better in the middle trimester. And then, of course, it, it went downhill again in the end. So what I've experienced over the past year and a half actually makes my story found wonderful compared to the women I've been talking to and supporting. Oh, wow. Okay. So we'll get to that. But I'm just have, I have questions because I'm thinking like, okay, she did this. And then you're like, I'm going to do this two more times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So did you think, oh, this isn't going to happen with the second one or third one? Or, you know, what was it the same as your first experience or? Yeah. So to answer your question, the first question, 110%, a doctor had said to me, just because it happened once doesn't mean it'll happen again. And now we know 
your odds unless you sometimes we don't know there's things where you could have a different father some women experience it with one um, husband and not another or one partner not another but for the most part it's we found out through the her foundation dr marlena fejo and um kimber mcgibbon did republish their research and did find the genetics but we know it's more than just genetics but that's the first component to it since no one in my family i knew none of the women had had this type of experience so I went into the second one with a positive mindset. I waited two and a half years. And sure enough, I was sick the whole time. Oh, I waited no. for my, I, have, I had two healthy daughters, which is truly a miracle. Knowing again, what I know now, I believe it's truly a miracle. I had these healthy girls. I waited four more years um, because my then husband really wanted a son. And uh, we got a third girl who's, they're all the light of my life, my girls. And um, <laughs> it all works out. Girls love their dads. You know how that is. But, I am um, I am one of three girls. So I, the same thing happened over here where they just kept trying for a boy. And I never got was, it. You, were, you can only imagine having these three experiences. I was definitely not going to try the fourth time. So yeah, yeah. my second two, we were, I was married to Marine. We were on these overseas military bases. And I was in a fortunate position. I thought I had all my ducks in a row where it didn't cost me anything to get medical care. So I knew as soon as I had been throwing up for more than 24 hours, I would just go into the hospital, get an IV and go home and, and go on yeah. with my, my life. Um, I didn't work the second one. I actually did work. I had another office job working for the WIC department, WIC overseas, it was called. I was their admin through that third pregnancy. And again, it was my coworker who was a registered dietitian that really helped me through that pregnancy. Because the one Aww. piece of advice I want to get out to everyone listening today is that this is not a disease of dehydration. It's a disease of malnutrition. And mm. not once through my three pregnancies did anyone ever try to discuss nutrition with me except for my, my colleague at the WIC office. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is why, okay, y'all, like, episode one, episode 21, listen to our dietitian episodes so far. And we, we love hearing from our dietitian colleagues. So like, this is why we love interdisciplinary teamwork on this show, because like we learn so much from each other. And it sounds like you were supported more than anyone on your like OB team mm -hmm. supported you by this, by this dietitian. Mm -hmm. That's Wow, that's awesome. I it's, love it, hearing that. It's absolutely just incredible. And a lot of the old wives tales just still you know, hold true. It's all in your head. It's normal part of pregnancy. You're exaggerating. You're looking for attention. Well, and, girl, like, let's right? just back that train up because like <laughs> there's, we all know that the medical model favors men. We all know that the patriarchal system doesn't listen to women and the complaints of women and doesn't take women's pain seriously. And that is exponentially greater for women of color. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, we're just set up to not get what we need. Mm -hmm. um, even, even if we're being cared for by a woman, it's like the system that we're working in is set up that way. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm not surprised that you received that care, unfortunately, but, um, yeah. And the other thing you have to realize is, remember, we talked about you don't see your OB till after yep. that for, or either yeah. the end or after the first trimester. So who are these women going to? To the ER. So they're seeing an ER doctor and the hospital where I work now, we don't have an antipartum department. So if they decide you are sick enough, we need to put you into admit you to the hospital. You're seeing a hospitalist who doesn't mm -hmm. often work with pregnant women. 
So none right. of these practitioners along the way are trained in this. Now, there are a handful of really good um, obstetricians and midwives around the world or in the U.S. to deal with this, but unfortunately, they're just few and far between. So it's my dream to get everybody trained on the proper way to treat hyperemesis gravidarum. That's awesome. So I can just say that I I earned a doctorate degree in nursing, and I got like a semester that covered like antepartum care mm-hmm. and and like HG was included in that. And it's considered like this rare thing. But what you're saying is it's becoming more prevalent. Absolutely. It is listed on the uh, website of rare diseases, which means it's two to three or under 200,000 pregnancies in the U.S. per year. But I think it's not coded correctly. Or so it's underdiagnosed. It's completely yeah. underdiagnosed, which amazes yeah. me when I go to work. I'm a per diem hospital pharmacist. So when I go to work, Almost every time there is someone in our ER or being admitted for vomiting during pregnancy, dehydration during pregnancy. And the truth is the statistics behind women who are suffering from hyperemesis gravidarum during the pregnancy are really just terrifying. One in three babies don't make it to term. I know you said not to look at notes, but I got to throw these statistics out there. Yeah. Um, One in three babies don't make it to term, which- And and that's due to malnutrition. We don't know, but it definitely has to play a part in it. There's so many other reasons. So could be miscarriage, stillbirth, neonatal loss, um, termination, whether by nature or by choice, because I've now worked with women whose own organs start failing and they know that they're going to die if they don't terminate this pregnancy. So that's where you have to believe the lack of care or miscare or or undercare comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, 80% 80% of the family suffer negative psychosocial implications. It's Absolutely. The, yeah. Mom's throwing up every day, all day. Like, why doesn't mom want to play? Why doesn't, why can't, why can't you go to work like you normally would have? Like, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, over, over 60% lose their jobs to do, to the um, morbidity yeah. of hyperemesis. Oh. Um, and the, 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 my big statistic is it's the leading cause of hospitalization in early pregnancy. And the second um, throughout the whole pregnancy and wow. it, right. Oh no. And just like you said, I even hear stories of, you know, I went in and my, my female nurse or my female doctor still didn't believe me. Or I asked for a banana yeah. bag because I was told I need diamond and I need folic acid and pure oxygen. And they said, no, but here we give banana bags or Meyer cocktails to all these other disease states that we know are malnourished. However, with yep. women, yep. these pregnant women, we don't do it. So I want to make that a standard of care as well. All right. Well, we're going to get into your work next. Let's take a break. And when we come back, Danielle's going to share what a day in the life as a hospital pharmacist is like and a little bit more about this special treatment plan that she has. So stay tuned. And we're back from that little break with Dr. Danielle Plummer, our hospital pharmacist who's an expert in hyperemesis gravidarum. She's going to share what a day in the life is like as a hospital pharmacist and with her work to combat HG and the treatment for these folks. So take it away, Danielle. What is it like to work at the hospital as a pharmacist? 
It's it's amazing, and I absolutely love it. So I know you had a previous guest on that talked about the public perception of pharmacists that we're retail, we stand behind a counter and count pills by fives, and in reality, it's so incredibly different. I actually went to pharmacy school after my three pregnancies. I'm a third generation pharmacist and knew it's what I always wanted to do, but I was a military spouse. I had a billion other careers and finally found a program that allowed me to get my doctor of pharmacy. Had no idea I would end up in a hot, working in a hospital. Thought I would stay retail. I love my, my hands-on patient care, which I personally don't get working in the hospital. I don't, each hospital set up a little bit differently or very differently depending on the size and the location where I work we have doctors that will send orders to the pharmacy and then we go through all our clinical knowledge to make sure that that medication is safe for that patient we have girl let yeah. me tell you how many times a pharmacist has saved my ass sometimes there's a data entry like mm -hmm. an extra zero was put in the computer mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? Or there's an allergy double check and the pharmacist will call and say, did you really mean to do that? And so mm -hmm. the pharmacist is like a safety net for the patient. Absolutely. Um, and so I'll save just... my ass all the time. And thank you. I, I appreciate you acknowledging that. And that goes back to what you were talking about, interdisciplinary teamwork. It's just best for patient care all around. So where I work, we don't have, uh, we do have a pharmacist in the ICU. I'm not that person. I'm actually per diem. So I can work as much or as little as I want pretty much. Um, but most of my days I'm sitting in the pharmacy and I see these orders. So when a patient comes in, like we said, the doctor will send the orders over to the pharmacist. We go through it. We make sure their renal function is good for the medications they're taking. We look at what other home meds they're on. We look at their disease states. So what caught me off guard, and again, with hyperemesis gravidarum, is that I am seeing so many women coming in. And right now, there is no standard of care. The Her Foundation came up with a treatment algorithm. So my big piece of advice for any woman suffering from this and any doctor or midwife or nurse that is dealing with women in this case is please take a look at our treatment algorithm because it's going to give you just this eye-opening experience of what medications we can use because one of my biggest uh, what I see as failures is these women either being treated it as a mental disorder, as an eating disorder, or being told there's nothing more we can do for you. And what I've learned is there's always something more we can do for you. There's everything in pharmacy is risk versus benefit. So we know if you're going to take a, a medication, anything we ingest, there's going to be a risk involved. And with hyperemesis, we have to look at, is that benefit worth the risk of taking that med, especially with pregnancy? Yeah. Okay, so you had said earlier that you see women every every shift. That Pretty much. That's what I'm are, seeing now. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you're recognizing it, but it's maybe not diagnosed as HG. So what are the symptoms that you see? So this is the incredible thing. Most women will say that they haven't kept food or water down in a while, and that's why they're coming in. But the guidelines that we've come, we being the Her Foundation have come up with is that you're losing five to 20 pounds or more or more than 5% of your pre-pregnancy weight. Nausea and vomiting cause you to eat very little and get dehydrated if you're not treated. Your whole quality of life goes down. You're going to need to require a, um, of IV fluids and medications. I can go on and on and about all the things like, how do you know if it's morning sickness? How do you need to go in? 
to the hospital. And what I see when they come in, their lab values are completely out of out of whack. Their potassium is very low. Their magnesium is very low. Their sodium is very low. Um, you have other electrolytes that are going to be compensating for that. And we don't test for folic acid or vitamin levels, but if we were to, we're going to see that they are just completely gone. Mm-hmm. So your mission with your consulting business, HG Pharmacist, what what do you do for women? Like what is, so this is like a side hustle that you Absolutely. have, right? Absolutely. And it's been just an eye opener for me. Mm. Um, I, I have these women in the hospital I'm working with. I'm educating their the practitioners at well, how to treat them, what options they have. But then I have women just reaching out to me literally from all around the world. Just this week, I had a local woman from Las Vegas. I had one from Israel and one from Kosovo that was reaching out to me for support and advice. And it's just miraculous when you know you're, you're helping these women get through each day of their life, hopefully have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. It gives you energy. And that's really where this is coming from. That's awesome. We found that hyperemesis is genetically related. And I told you, Dr. Fejo from um, with you partnership with the UCLA at the time and the Her Foundation actually knows the gene and can tell you the gene where it's connected. But my mother didn't have it. My aunts didn't have it. Where I feel epigenetics plays a big role into this. So that's okay. where I'm trying to dive into going. A lot of these women stop after one pregnancy and that's it because it's so, so... I, I, I can't find the right word to describe just what a nightmare, true nightmare comes to life. And yeah. so that's where I'm trying to play on the epigenetics involving nutrition and involving pharmacogenetics and nutrigenomics so that we can prepare our bodies and, and hopefully not have future pregnancies if you've already had one. I, it sounds highly specialized. Like once you get past the the regular treatment for HG and how to identify HG, which we have talked about, but like what you're talking about doing is like taking it so much farther. We need people that are going to do that. So kudos kudos to you. I, I It really helps, I'm sure, that you've been through it and that you recognize it because I'm on the other side of that. Like, you know, I, I don't fully understand. So, but I'm sure a lot of women listening or the guys that are listening, maybe they know somebody that ha- has been through this too. So it sounds like it's more common than we think. I absolutely um, believe that. All right. Now we must talk about your self-care. Okay, so my background's quite varied. I was actually, my first career was a professional figure skater. So health and wellness has always been part of my life. A figure skater? Like, yes. okay, I you are the first person to tell me that one. I've had some <laughs> dancers on. I've had some people that definitely like work out, but like, dude, figure skating. So like, are we talking like Johnny Weir? Tara Lipinski, like I was never Olympic level, but I did have a professional career for a, over a decade. So I toured with the ice wow. capades. I toured with the Nutcracker wow. on Ice, and then wherever we were stationed with the military, I then um, coached whatever ice arena was nearby. So that's amazing. Okay, like first of all, when it's your job, that's living the dream. But also, like, you can still enjoy it now. That's awesome. I do. I do. Um, it was kind of taken away from me because we were stationed near bases that didn't have rings. And then I was a mom of three kids with a spouse who was never around. Right, but, right. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. It's still, it's part of, I think, and like you said, your dancers, anyone who grew up with a certain sport or profession, it just becomes part of your blood. For me, that health and wellness was a really big component of it. And nutrition's big, a big part of it. I can always be better. 
I recently you asked my self care. So I got into yoga. Um, actually right before I got pregnant with my first one and has had yoga through my life on and off. I'm more of a power yoga kind of person. And just recently I don't do heat well. So, but just recently got into some, not Bikram hot, but definitely heated room yoga. That's a okay. big part of my self-care. I recently gotten into meditation just five minutes a day. I, I'm very, um, like you said, type a, you didn't say that, but high energy <laughs> and, um, that, so self care that's a big one making I think as a mom and as a professional just making time for yourself is always a challenge and I'm just learning from yeah. all these other incredible women like yourself and other pharmacists Aww. and other g- girlfriends and healthcare professionals how do you do it do you schedule time for yourself my big challenge is getting off of electronics and going back to reading going back to meditating and time to decompress that's awesome. It sounds like you have to kind of schedule that. And I totally know how that goes. Do you use a special like meditation app? Um, I've been using one. I've always been a good sleeper. And I know I work with so many people and have counseled so many people that have difficulty sleeping. But there is one that actually has a uh, nice sleep meditations. It's called Insight Timer. Yes, I have that one. <laughs> Um, and it's, that's a free app. So if anyone out there is listening and you're like, you just go to your, your app store and you can find insight timer. I actually like it a little better than the calm app. Um, cause there's a lot of things you can do with both of those apps that are free and guided meditation, or you can build your own. And so there's a lot of free options with those. Mm-hmm. I like that. Now, I'm guessing the listeners aren't going to be like, I'm just going to go rent a pair of figure skates and go skate. But a lot of people probably could do some yoga at home. So what kind of yoga, like, do you do anything that you could just like turn a video on? Or do you follow like a YouTube channel that anyone else could check out? I'm one of these people when I come home, I can't exercise in my house. I wish I could, but I I have to leave. So I schedule it in or I either start my day or I end my day, not every day. And it's, uh, it's always a challenge to get it in, but I I belong to a gym that's open 24, seven, 365. So I have no excuse. And when it closed because of COVID, I was just devastated. And now they're taking great precautions. I don't know what this will be like by the time we air. I'm hoping gyms reopen because that's my lifeline. Yeah. I know a lot of people like that. I'm a homebody. I like to stay home. I like doing everything at home. I love being home. But there's a lot of people like you that are extroverted and really thrive off of like going to an environment, being around (laughs) other people. And like, it's the extroverts in this pandemic that are really struggling right now. So so much love to you and all the extroverts out there. Uh Danielle, if people are really interested in the work that you're doing, or they just want to follow the progress that you're making at HG Pharmacist, how can they reach out to you and find you? Okay, so the email is info at hgpharmacist.com. My website is hgpharmacist.com. I do have a free download that's a preparedness guideline that there are things women don't realize. And this comes from being a military spouse, but you need to know where all your emergency records are. Your power of attorneys have power of attorneys set up if you can't speak for yourself. So I have all that in there, not just how to handle being pregnant and really sick, but also um, 
other things that would just be really important. So I have that free download for everyone. Please, please reach out to me. The HER Foundation has a crisis hotline. Call us anytime. We have a monthly support group. Please join in. Awesome. Well, Dr. Plummer, Danielle, thank you so much for joining Dose of Support today. Oh, let me just add in the their website, hyperemesis.org. <laughs> Sorry, the big one, hyperemesis.org. Always remember that, please. And Dr. Casper, okay. you are absolutely just fabulous. Thank you so much. Oh, we're so happy to have you. And listeners, you guys know what to do to find me or to share your story. And y'all, if you want to support the show, if you're just made of money, like maybe you're just like, what do I do with all this money? please go to patreon.com slash dose of support and contribute to the show. And just a reminder, if you do contribute to the show, you get to ask questions to guests. You get a public call out on the show if you like that. Um, and that really supports the show. And I just want to say like my microphone stand broke y'all. And so I'm literally, I have it like, like propped up with a blanket. Just so like, I'm telling you, I need some support. I need a dose of support. So <laughs> I want to make this show this amazing sensation and I'm doing it with like kind of wonky equipment. And so I I would love your support to get the show off the ground and going and out there. And I will be back in everyone's ears next week. You can extend a dose of support even further by visiting us on Facebook, Instagram, on our website, or by giving us a rating or review. You can always support the show monetarily on patreon.com slash dose of support. Dose of support is written, organized, emails, edited, produced, published, all the things by me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by John Schreier. I'm punching out this week but I will be back in your ears next week for another Dose of Support.